Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Wow, wow. Well, we have a lot of comments over here in the feed. Like everybody's really having good conversations. Thank you, Tori. Hey, Justin, just saying hello. Hey, Rahil. Hey, Yusuf. Ali. Lots of great um, conversation here. So uh, I love that, you know, but either way, if you don't have to worry about inspection, that is nice. But if we're making something that's more like handicraft and that we want to a certain level, um, do you know if there are any inspection companies there? Um, maybe we just have to hit up the Googles for that. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't really have. I don't really have a. Um, I don't really have a. What do you call it? A, a resource for you there. Uh, my my experience, like I've had some Pakistani VAs in the past that were not successful for me. Um, I like anywhere else. You, you you have your scammers and you have people who know what they're doing, right? And it's just a matter of. Like you can't take it personally. You're a business person. You hire people. You hire an employee. They suck. You hide the body. You got another one. If they <laughs> suck. You hide that body, and then eventually you find a good one. You keep them. It's it's the same kind of thing. You look. You're in business. You're a grown up. You find somebody. You try them out. If if they if they're crappy, um, I would actually suggest like I have not done this yet, but I've got a plan in November. I'm actually going to go meet my suppliers in person, which is I'm kind of excited about doing that because we've been you know working together for so long. It's going to be kind of cool. But I would say, you know, if you're going to buy any kind of quantity, get on a plane. I mean, there's flights from Miami to Islamabad for like 900 bucks. Get on a plane. Go look at the stuff yourself. Go look at the factory. Go see the people. Um, you know. Yeah. I would 100% agree, like, in terms of you also contracts, you know, you can have contracts to somewhat protect yourself if you can't make it over there on a plane, but you can at least have a good relationship with your supplier, you can yeah. ask for pictures, you can yeah. communicate your requirements, because most of the time, a failed inspection is due to a miscommunication of requirements, or lack of communication of requirements. I can't tell you how many times people have gotten a sample or something from their supplier and they've been like, oh, this thing is, this is a mess. And it's like, okay, well, did you expect them to read your mind or did you give them a quality spec document and did you communicate your requirements back and forth? Did you have good conversations? Um, I think most of it can be really, you know, due to lack of communication. And so it, it's really all about those relationships and communication back and forth along the way. Um, don't be afraid to ask for a video of something close up or, you know, of if, if you're concerned about the fabric stretching, have them stretch it for you. You know, like they want to make quality stuff for you. And if they have a problem with that, then, you know, that's a red flag. Would you say yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think also it's important to have realistic expectations, right? If you say to someone, "Hey, I, I've got like this this cell phone which is eight hundred bucks. I want you to make it for me for two hundred. No, that's not realistic, right? I mean, you got to adjust your expectations to the realm of reality. Um, you're going to have to absolutely send me samples. I'll pay the DHL two day shipping, whatever. It's a hundred bucks. Send me a sample. Pull pull three off the line. Put an envelope. And send it down. Let me have a look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Like the suppliers, and I'm going to generalize here a little bit. Like I grew up in Toronto, Canada. 
So I grew up with a lot of Pakistani friends and people that I knew, right? And, you know, like I said, I was somewhat familiar with the culture and kind of the attitude and the stuff. So I had, didn't have a specific problem with it. But my suppliers have been like highest level of integrity, highest level of professionalism. Like I said, nothing but but positive things to say about my relationship with them. And it's just a matter of finding people that, that, that you have that with, that you have that ability with. That's like, awesome. Like we just change our packaging for one of our products that they make. And they put like, you know, that thick cardboard with magnetic closure on there. And they call me up. They're like, you know, we have, we have this new packaging. We're excited about it. And I'm like, okay, what's the cost? It's an extra 50 cents. I'm like, do it. You sure? I'm like, yeah. Like 50 cents. This is something that I sell for $100, right? 50 cents? Knock yourselves out, guys. You know, I'm cool. Love that. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's so important. Like no matter where you're sourcing from, it's important to know your requirements. It's important to know what makes a good partner for you. It's important to not um, not pinch your supplier out of their last dime and really be a good customer, be a good partner, find the right partner for you. If you can't inspect it yourself, um, you know, have that communication going. And then you mentioned packaging, explore white label opportunities, explore a, your opportunity to repackage something. Uh, don't be afraid to use the internet. Oh my goodness, we've learned so many messages, so many lessons here talking to you today. One more question for you, importing. And, you know, you mentioned like the tariffs, the, the importing um, fees and everything are quite minimal. But how do you find, like, is it hard to find a freight forwarder? You know, obviously for China, it's, they're very easy to find. Um, but do you have any advice about shipping and finding, shipping and importing and, and finding the right uh, provider for that? Um, my suppliers, like when I started this, I didn't know anything like about the whole process, right? So my suppliers put this stuff on a boat for me. Here you go. Right, they they have a uh, a freight forward that they've worked with before. I've got a customs broker here in uh, Orlando that I use, and the first couple times I had stuff come in, we didn't have the paperwork done properly because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Right, so the FDA ended up holding my first shipment for like three months. It went back and forth, back and forth, and then I learned along the way how to do it. Like one thing I'll tell people is, you know, when you start this journey. You're going to screw up. You're going to fail. You're going to do stuff. And that's how you learn, right? Once you figure it out, like um, we talk about, you, you know, I talk about how I have to re-educate our FDA inspector every year. They give us a new one, right? I have like this 30-page email with charts and graphs and links to different websites and the FDA website and their own stuff. This is all together, right? So the first time I did it, it took me like a month to put this crap together. But now it's done. So now when we get the FDA stuff going, here's your email, here's your references, here's who you talk to. Um, the chief uh, FDA inspector for the state of Florida, ladies on a first name basis with me, I call her up. I'm like, I know a bit of Spanish because my wife is Mexican, right? So ladies, Spanish, I'm talking, hola, que paso, you know, throw my 10 words of Spanish at her. You know, you got to kiss a little ass sometimes and you do that. Um, you know, you just, you, you figure it out. Right, right. So I love that you you figure it out every step of the way. I'll never forget my first time um, finding a freight forwarder. I was like, just thinking, 
you know, this can't be so hard. I don't trust just somebody in a Facebook group sending me a message. I want to find a legitimate business. So I hit up the Googles. I looked at websites. I made some phone calls. I did some interviews and I found Brownstone International here in the US. They're also a licensed customs broker. And they were so nice and they took the time to really explain everything to me and educate me. And I've trusted them ever since then. And they've been, you know, my trusted freight forwarder from for any country really. They're they're really good at, at doing importing and exporting. But I think that's the bottom line is, you know, and this has been a constant theme throughout this interview with you, Miro, is just like there's nothing wrong with learning. You're going to make mistakes. And it's just good business to have conversations, figure things out, find good partners, and um, source from the places that are best for you and best for your customers, right? Well, you know, I, I've, I've got a, a lot of my friends kind of see what I'm doing in my business and they want to get into it. I've gotten a few of my friends into it. And what I do now is I use a couple of these coaches that help guide me and get me going. So now I just tell people, look, you want to do this business, hire these coaches and they'll drag you through it and they'll take you through it step by step because I don't have the attention span for it, right? <laughs> and um, But what's really cool is I got a friend of mine. He's a big guy, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but the guy's like 100% foot on the gas, right? And, and he runs into the wall sometimes, but he gets ahead and he makes money because he's doing stuff. And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest flaw, I guess, in our modern society is we have too much information or maybe I should source from here. Maybe I should source from here. You know what? Whether you're sourcing from China or Pakistan or something, just get started. Like do some baby steps. Like um, it's funny because I got I have an Airbnb that I rent out and I buy tons of towels because people steal um, towels like crazy, right? I've bought a towels from four different suppliers. It's the same towels made in Pakistan. Four different guys selling them. Oh my gosh. Yes. You just, you never know, but as long as it's good pricing and good opportunities. Hey, I just want to say hi to Justin and say hi to Cy. Simon's here. And, um, and then we have that, uh, some more info here, um, where Ali is saying that, um, pharmaceutical bulk exports are massive along with agricultural products. And the famous pink Himalayan salt. I love pink salt. Oh, so do I. It's, it's great stuff. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I can tell you guys a salt story. I'm in Big Lots. I love Big Lots. And they have these giant glass jars of Himalayan salt salts for like uh, the pink salt for like three bucks. And I was like, I, like I'd buy it off the shelves and resell it because it was like 40 bucks for the salt and this giant, beautiful glass decanter thing. I'm like, wow, this is gorgeous. And, um, it was one of these export to buy, and I called them the cat. They said we just bought like a, they bought like five containers that from Pakistan. They got a crazy deal on them, right? But I'm like, I was so selling. Like just the glass decanter had to be worth like would retail for like 40, 50 bucks. It was beautiful. And you found it at Big Lots. There's I bought like so, ten of them. There's so many sourcing opportunities right in front of our eyes that we don't even realize, and I think a lot of people just don't even realize the potential to repackage something rebrand it, make it their own, just like you've done. And, you know, you could take that giant thing of salt, repackage it, make it amazing, you know? Uh, I got to say something, Amy. Our journey, we were on our probably sixth complete label and packaging redesign. We've gone from little tiny plastic bottles with like a, a white printed label to a foil printed label that we printed on our inkjet printers. And now we're in 
glass bottles, high quality glass bottles with this like $10,000 laser printer that prints like 3000 DPI, like photograph quality. And the packaging is so much more important than you think it is. Whatever you think, like each time we've changed our packaging, our sales have doubled. Like each oh, time. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous that, you know, that you're thinking, oh, I got like, you can laugh at this. When I first started selling, someone said, hey, you should sell on Amazon. Here's my answer. I don't want to pollute my brand by selling online. Like, it, what a dumbass. If I had gotten into it <laughs> back then, I'd be in private jet money right now. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. You're, see, you're still going to get there, Miro. You're going to oh. get there. And then I want to ride, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes, locking that in. You guys heard it. You heard it. He said it. Um, <laughs> so I would love to ask you before we get off here, you have really had some experience creating your own packaging. And you said you bought your own printers for packaging and stuff. And I've actually, you know, my my um, cat litter box cleaner that's made in the U.S., I had to get my packaging from the U.S. And I actually started outsourcing my packaging to China because they do a better job and it's actually much better price. And my prices here for packaging at some of the, the you know, packaging manufacturers were just ridiculous. So like, for example, my full color box that I just like redid with re, um, for retail packaging has a window in it. It's full color. It has like four different colors on the outside of the box. It's, um, it's a big box, right? Um, that, my supplier here, um, my packaging supplier here quoted me like $3 a box for. And I was like, man, that just doesn't seem right. And I contacted James at Pactipus in China. Um, I met him, he's from, he's actually from Boston and he moved to China and started his own packaging company. And I ended up paying 83 cents a box and he shipped it anywhere in China free for me. And I just threw it on a, a out with one of my shipments that was coming out from another supplier. And so it worked out just fine. But for those people that are wanting to take advantage of packaging here in the U.S. and, re, you know, I see that all the time people want to get started. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, just go get some boxes, get really professional full color stickers printed and just start. You know, so what advice do you have for folks that are wanting to do some packaging in the U.S. and, um, you know, good providers? And, and how do they get started in, in packaging in the U.S.? Um, most places have a paper supplier. Like I used to use a, a standard cardboard, corrugated cardboard box. All my stuff is little, right? I have, I have a couple things that are bigger, uh, but most of my stuff is little. Um, so printing stickers is expensive, especially in smaller quantity because it's so much work, right? So my suggestion is always, you know, in the online world, I tell people who's getting into it, your opinion doesn't matter. Your thoughts don't matter you test, the market will tell you what it wants. My top 10 selling products, never in a million years would I have picked them to be the top selling products. The top 10 selling products are completely different on Amazon than they are on Walmart, than they are on Shopify. Like it's you just, it's a, diff, it's a different world, right? So I'm gonna say, you know what? You got a product, do something quick and dirty. I don't care if you're paying 10 bucks a box, see what works. Then once you have it working, then you go back and you do that. Like, actually, I, mean, I wouldn't mind that supplier name for you from China because what we're doing right now is we're doing a generic box and we're doing a sticker, a full color sticker around the generic box. So I wouldn't mind 
a generic box supplier. So I, I'm interested in that contact, if you don't mind sharing that with yes, me. Yes, absolutely. That. Yes, I will send um, it to you. Yeah, I went out and bought myself this, like I tried 10 different things. I bought myself this Affinia label printer. And it's like these big commercial printers are kind of a pain in the butt. Like you, you, certain things work better than other things. And I finally got it dialed in where if I use a glossy paper label, not the Bebop, right? I get this amazing result. It'll print like 10,000 labels at a time, no issues. And it costs money, but I'm able to pivot so quickly and also build in one thing. Like I'm a creative guy I like to jump around and do stuff. You really got to build your processes, right? Once your sales start coming up, you got to say, look, before we'd repackage stuff, I'd say, hey, look, make 20 of these. Then I'd print the labels. Then I'd put the barcodes. Then we do this stuff. And now when I go to my production team, I give them like a tray. The tray has labels, barcodes, recipe, what we need and the shipping label of final boxes. So changing that on the front end really saved me a lot of headache because, you know, in anything, your printer goes down, you're out of ink, the computer crashes. We had a print, like stuff happens. So this way, if you're ahead of the game and everything, there's no more bottlenecks. Yes, I love that. That's so smart. So I'm going to put my packaging supplier on the ticker for everyone so you can see it. Um, He's James is about to get a lot of business and he's uh, I already send him a lot of business because he's just a good, good guy and he takes good care of people. And he also does uh, photography in China. So anybody who needs it. So my favorite packaging supplier in China is uh, Pactipus, P-A-C-K-T-Y-P-U-S. And uh, the owner's James and he is actually Chinese, but he lived in Boston and he's just he started his business there and you guys can contact him and he's really, really good. And um, Miro, of course, I'll follow up with you and, and give you his, his contact personally. Uh, so you one, have it. One more thing to throw out here. Uh, again, people in, in, in America aren't really that, like I travel a lot and I, I kind of grew up internationally, so I understand this a little better. When you call Pakistan, everybody in Pakistan is educated in English. Every single person there speaks English. Like, Oh, that's that, good to know. Like everything, oh, it's some kind of crazy foreign country. No, they can all speak English there. I mean, depending on where they are, they may have a like an accent you're not familiar with, but you can communicate in writing and very well with people. And that's a plus because, it, you know, like I've been trying to get in the German market and the Germans, God love them, but it's, you speak German or screw you. Like, they don't care. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I had one guy call, I talked to one guy. I'm trying to get some custom stuff done there to bring my products in there. He goes, look, he goes, you know what? He goes, Tell you what I go what he goes he goes call me back when you learn German and he hung up on me. <gasps> no, <are> you <laughs> I'm like I'm like you ugly son of a bitch. I, <laughs> so bad. I lived kidding? in I lived in Germany for a while um, when I was in the military and um, and I just want to include this here. Humzuk says uh, I'm totally messing up that name by the way. You guys have to teach me. For textile, sports, salt, spices, pharmaceutical products, huge sourcing potential. Thanks to Tim for exploring. Hope this encourages other as well. Awesome. Um, yes, Sai says he's got to fly. Thanks for the nuggets. Well, thank you guys for being here today. You know, you've taught us so much, Mural, and I, this has been a great conversation today. And uh, I thank you so much. All right. 
One final piece of advice, Miro, that you have for everybody, give everyone a nugget of business advice. So people just considering getting started, um, what's your best piece of advice? Um, be courageous and just, just, just like close your eyes and run blindly forward. Um, you know, over the year, over my career, I've had some ups and downs in business. And after you get burned a few times, you kind of, you know, you get your heart broken and you don't want to do it anymore. You get a little more cautious with it. And I'm going to say, absolutely do not tread carefully. Do not, you know, just, just, just go full out because what happens is we're in a market that's exploding. It's still exploding. And if you miss out, you're going to, you're going to be really upset and just, just try it. It's okay to fail. It's okay to lose money. It's okay to screw up, right? Just, just hide the bodies and move on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yes. Fail fast. Keep going. Just do it. Don't, don't sit and wait forever, right? Just get moving. Well, Miro, thank you so much. I know everybody learned so much and people are going to start exploring Pakistan for, you know, for some sourcing opportunities and then also exploring some packaging opportunities elsewhere as well. So I think you opened a lot of people's eyes today, including mine. I thank you so much for your friendship and for your support and for sharing your story with our community. And uh, thanks everybody for being here and we'll see you next time. And bye, have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Amy, thanks for your time today. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.